the Habib Singh podcast. It's a great honor for me to have Inrup Verk on the podcast show today. He is also known as AKA Super Singh on the fight scene. So definitely check him out. I'll have all the links in the description box below. Before we go any further, please smash the like button, leave a comment and subscribe. Make sure we can get this interview out to as many people as possible. So first of all, thanks a lot, bro. I really appreciate you doing this. I know time zone wise and all of that stuff has been, hasn't been the easiest to coordinate this and with your work and training. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so let's get into it. How did you get into training? How did you get into fighting? So I actually got into MMA and training when I was 15. That was actually after I got expelled from high school for fighting and wanting to be a gangster. Oh, wow. And, and uh, MMA is kind of what set me straight. Yeah. Honestly, don't know where I'd be if I never joined. Yeah, because in your part of the world, it's quite a big thing there, right? Like uh, there's a lot of... Uh violence and and gang crime and stuff like that a lot of a lot of uh punjabi gangs and stuff youth gangs and all that stuff and in the area that i'm in yes yeah so you're in squamish is that right it's not necessarily in squamish where where all the stuff is it's more in surrey which is like an hour and 10 minutes for me but pretty close still okay and you got you got um kicked out of school at 15 did you say 14 and then i got into mma when i was 15 wow wow yeah. how did your family feel about you getting uh, kicked out of school they weren't happy <laughs> <laughs> like for a traditional kind of like Punjabi family for someone yeah education is a big thing to get kicked out yeah. of school um, yeah. probably massive but do you have brothers or sisters yeah I have a I have a younger brother he's a okay. couple of years young 20 okay. years old yeah okay yeah because I feel like um there's always that pressure, right? That you you have to like get your education, get get a good job, settle down, all that kind of stuff in 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 an Indian family. Yeah. <laughs> so your parents must have been really stressed out. Thankfully, you turned out, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot happier. Lights. They're stoked with what I'm doing. Super supportive all the time. Yeah, that's really interesting because I I that was one of my questions that I had down because I. I've, I feel that um, with, you know, Punjabi families, they're probably, a lot of them are probably a bit apprehensive when they find out their kid wants to get in a fight with someone's going to try and, you know, choke them out or punch them or, or you yeah, know, kick them in the head and that kind of stuff. So you're, you're quite blessed to have a family that's supportive. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess they probably feel like it's better you fighting in a, in a cage and getting paid for it, um, potentially, rather than on the street. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, uh, I uh, ended up going to a different school after I graduated. I went to college and everything, though. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, do you put that down to the people you're around, or do you? Or is that the MMA that helped kind of uh, keep you in education? It was honestly, I think it was just all MMA. You know, it really disciplined me. It really humbled me up after going for a little bit. I didn't want to fight anybody. I didn't want to be an idiot anymore. Kind of just wanted to change my life. Yeah. So save me. That's amazing. Um, so where, where did you start training? Was it in, um, in the place you're at now? Or have you moved around? Yep. It was in the same, same town and everything. That's amazing. So you, again, that's very fortunate that you fell yeah. in with a really good camp. Yeah, for sure. 
That's amazing. And you've got a very strong like record as well. Like uh, you're the number one ranked Canadian um, in MMA, right? And in, in amateur and stuff. I, I was the number one ranked amateur in Canada in three different weight classes for a couple of years. But then I went pro this year and uh, I won my first pro fight. And then last week I had a tough one, you know, it was going my way and everything. And then I got caught in a guillotine choke. Yeah. So how's that dealing with, obviously coming off, like what, how many wins did you have in amateur? Like 20 something? No, I had like eight. So this was my, I was basically nine and one now, if you count the amateur fights. Okay. So you, you were on a kind of streak and then that must be, it must be difficult dealing with, with loss when you, you kind of never really experienced it. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely hard the first couple of days dealing with my first loss. I was sad and just down for a couple of days. Yeah. Just never, never really felt, you know, never really had a loss, never had to feel really deal with it. So. Yeah. But I guess I, they say you learn more from that, right? Than the wins. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. And um, you competed in Naga as well, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. I used to, I used to do uh, tournaments all over Canada and the States before I was 19. Cause um here in bc where i live you have to be 19 to actually get in the cage okay. so before i just do like a bunch of tournaments all over canada and the states and then uh naga was one of them that's i competed three. wow and how did you compete in three weight classes because i i still can't get my head around that like uh, uh, how did you how did you manage like the the, the weight cut and, and so the cut to 25 is always brutal yeah I still do it. I, I, that's what I'm going to be doing at pro anyways, just because everybody's, you know, cutting a lot of weight at pro. Yeah. And my fights at, um, most of my fights as an amateur were at 135, just because, you know, it's an easy cut. I don't have to cut much. And then I had a few at 145 too. It was, a, it was a tournament that I did, an MMA tournament I did in the cage. And then basically what you do is you don't cut weight. You weigh in the day of the fight like three hours before you compete. Okay. So that's how I, 45. Okay. Wow. And what's your walking round weight? I'm about 155, 150. And so how, how do you get down from like 155 to the, you know, how do you get down? Like, is, uh, is it just restriction of calories or is it um, sauna or? Uh, yeah. So to get cut down a bunch of weight, basically what I'll do is um, I'll have a super strict diet that I follow, you know, eat less calories and um the last little bit of weight like the last eight nine pounds i'll basically just sweat it out in the sauna and the do you find before. is is the weight cut harder than the like the the fighting part or is the fighting part harder? i'd say the part's harder wow the fighting fighting you know you just fight the weight cut part is the brutal part yeah do you stop and making the weight yeah yeah the work Worst is usually the day before the weigh-ins because weigh-ins are usually at 12 o'clock in the morning or sorry, in the afternoon. Worst part is in the evening when I cut a few pounds then go to sleep. I can't sleep all night because I'm so dehydrated. Yeah. Or it's so hard to kill time. And and when you when you fight, do you feel the same as when you train? Because I, I haven't done that, so I, I don't have any experience of it. But I'm just imagining like it, it must be a different when you're training and like when you're like grappling and all those kind of things, when you're at your normal walking round weight to when you're in the, 
in the fight? Do you have as much energy or do, do the shots kind of, can you absorb them as much or is it, is it different? Yeah. Um, the energy level is still the same, but it's totally different fighting, you know, when you're actually fighting in front of everybody and where, where it matters compared to training. Yeah. You know, then if everybody's watching you, it's completely different. So it's not the weight so much. It's more the, the, you know, the, the environment of being kind of like, you know, on TV, people, all your family and friends there and all of that kind of pressure and stuff. For sure. For sure. For sure. That's amazing. So I was actually doing my research on you and, um, I was I was reading up on some forums and stuff like that, and and people were, were talking about you and they're saying how proud they are of you in the community, um, all the stuff you've done and what you're doing, and um, and uh, and what was it? What was I, the point I was going to make was that there must be a lot of pressure on you because you're like this pride of Punjab and this like you know they they you know someone made the uh, the comment that you know if if like you're like Khabib. And then that's a great, it's a great promotion for getting other people like into, you know, other Sikhs into MMA and that kind of stuff. Right. So it's, it's kind yeah. of like, um, that must be a lot of, a lot of weight to carry on your shoulders when you think like an entire community is, do you ever feel that or is it, you just go with the flow? I just go with the flow. Like, honestly, every time I fight, I'm just so calm. I don't think of that. Yeah. That's good. Cause I feel like it's unnecessary pressure on people it's always nice to have the support but i never think of anything like that before the fight i'm just so calm yeah usually and i i saw that in one of your interviews someone was asking you about that so how do you how do you are you just a calm person or is there something some kind of mental talk that you go through in that kind of in in the cage when you got somebody who wants to try and knock you out to keep your nerves about you well, I kind of just think of it this way, you know, win or lose, it's, it's just another day, you know, the world keeps spinning, you know, not the end of the world. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's really, that's a really good mindset. I, um, I spoke to a Lisway, um, female Lisway fighter, like bare knuckle fighter. And yeah. she was, she was saying something similar. Um, so the other question I had was around, um, dealing with nerves got that one so what's what's next for you i know you're 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 pro now what is that do you do you find that's different from the amateurs or are you kind of comfortable in in pro yeah i'm comfortable in pro as well um i just think pros are obviously one level ahead of amateurs everybody's pro for a reason you know everyone's tough everyone's good everywhere and you know it's just going to get harder from here obviously so yeah. And it's, I've speaking to some MMA fighters from the UK, just some friends and stuff. And, uh, I find that it's the, the challenge is that when you look at some of the, some of the areas, Canada is probably a lot better than this, uh, than the UK is, but we don't really, we don't really allow fighters to focus on it full time because they're trying to work. They're trying to do family stuff. They're trying to do a lot of things and juggle things at the same time. And then, they're trying to be a pro fighter as well. So it's a lot of responsibilities to trying to juggle. Like, how, how do you find that? Do you find this, the infrastructure is there in Canada to support it? Because it's not a, it's not an Olympic sport, is it? Um, MMA. So it's probably not as, as, as structured as like wrestling might be where if, if you're a wrestler and you're in team Canada, I guess maybe they have some kind of financial support system. 
Um, I don't think any of the rest of us do get any final financial support either. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I try to well, like I do for work is uh I'm a I'm a barber. Yeah. And uh, my um my work schedule is usually pretty flexible, so I can usually get in two sessions a day once in the morning before training and then right after i can just go straight to the gym after my boss is pretty chill with that kind of stuff he understands that i have a fight coming up yeah do you get enough time to rest and recuperate yeah yeah for sure okay that's perfect some days some days are very long you know wake up in the morning go train and then go work for eight hours and then go train again yeah exhausting yeah because i i worked on um the uh wrestling team for the olympics on in london and uh, yeah. you know shushul the indian wrestler i don't know if you've heard of him shushul no, he was like a um the first indian olympian to medal at two olympics and um he he was he works on the railway during the daytime so they they have like they work as well um, yeah so in the uk the system is depending on how good you are you're paid by the government, you're paid by um, GB Sports to a kind of salary and you live on campus and then they, they cover your kind of food expenses and all that kind of stuff and travel and then you just train full time. So there is a, a bit of a system here for, for that kind of stuff. Um, so your ears are really, um, you have the cauliflower ears. Is that from MMA or from wrestling? Yeah. That was from a head actually. From what, sorry? From my head kick, chin on ear in training one time, and then after that, it kind of just puffed up and puffed up and puffed up. Okay. Just got worse. Yeah, I saw your ears and I thought, you must have been a wrestler. No, no, I never wrestled. Wow, wow. Just straight. I guess you can't do anything else now. With ears like that, you have to do MMA. Yeah, pretty much. That's all I can do. <laughs> With the ears, I'm tattoos and stuff all i can do is fight basically now yeah that's yeah. it yeah you can't do an office job in that. No. no um so you got a new tattoo right yeah i kind of just got a bunch is that who is is that maharaja indeed singh on your on your left arm it's uh, actually how do you sing that's it that's yeah, amazing yeah, yeah how long yeah. did that one take you that one took a while just because uh, it's so detailed and stuff. The face took a long time. It was about 14 hours. Wow. It's so detailed. So, and the artist just nailed it. Perfect. Looks just awesome. like the paint. Yeah, that's amazing. So have yeah. you, um, are you familiar with how you sing Nalawa and Sikh history and stuff? Do you, oh, do you yeah, have an interest so. in that stuff? Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, that's amazing. I wouldn't my body if I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, yeah. I had a guy who actually is a historian on the podcast. And he yeah. was talking about how you see another one. And he was saying that he he said that when he dies, he wants his ashes not to be put in a place of worship, but on the mats. Wow. So, um, so yeah, massive, massive history there, warrior history. Um, so what's next for you? Have you got anything scheduled or? I haven't yet. I'm going to talk to my coaches, see where we go from here. Yeah. But, Hoping to get back in the cage pretty soon here. You know, I'm I'm in shape right now. My weight's good. Yeah. Everything's good. You know, I'm fine. It was just mentally for a few days I was down. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's you're amazing. It's amazing. You know, it's great to have um 
prospects like you in the community doing your thing and you know you've got a good head on your shoulders and you're 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 in the right mental space so you know the sky's the limit so um just just keep keep going keep doing what you're doing you're you're 22 22 yes that's amazing that's incredible i can't imagine i can't even don't want to think about what i was doing at 22 so um yeah so well done well done um okay any i think that's it that's all the questions that we had um we'll get everyone to make sure they check out your profile we'll add all the description uh, links in the description box below so they can uh, find out where to find out more about you um and yeah we appreciate you appreciate everything you're doing just you know wish you all the best thank you thank you appreciate that thanks a lot thanks for having me